Hey, what's up, everyone? And welcome to the second ever episode of the Armandus Amigos podcast, where I talk to my friends about things that interest them. So on today's episode, I speak to Nils from We Are Nab and the studio in Cape Town. And Nils is a photographer and a videographer. I had the pleasure of meeting Nils a couple of months ago at the studio. And ever since then, we've kind of just been talking on WhatsApp and sharing stuff on Instagram. And I thought it would be really cool to get his perspective of the photography scene in Cape Town and in South Africa. And Nils had quite a lot to say. So without further ado, here is the podcast with Nils. Enjoy. Hey, Nils. Hey, what's up, Ruth? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks yourself. Surviving Corona, I guess. Ah, uh, dude, thriving, thriving. <laughs> what are you? What have you been up to? Uh, well, basically being between my couch and my bed, and my couch and my kitchen. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, just went out to do a few, a little bit of grocery shopping. Now, got some groceries, and yeah, all good to go. And yourself? Um, I'm pretty much in Strace by, uh, I'm with some friends staying at their beach house and yeah, just taking it real easy, working on some creative stuff, recording some podcasts. That's dope, man. Sounds like you're having a good isolation then. (laughs) Definitely. I think I really needed it. I just needed a little bit of a slowdown and I'm so grateful that, um, the opportunity presented itself. Yeah, 100%. I think um, a nice break for creatives is always due because um, we tend to burn out rather easily compared to the rest of um, the rest of the workforce, you know, because that's super true, man. We were just talking about it now, my friend Alex and I. Um, but at the same time, I think it can also uh, drive a creative crazy because you just want to get out there and you want to go shoot and you want to go create content. I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been the most inspired now during lockdown than I've ever been. And all I want to do is go out and shoot. Oh, 100%, dude. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just so weird because sitting here at home all cooped up and not being able to do I literally got my camera in front of me all the time and I'm like, I just want to start shooting stuff. I think I'm going to do a little B-roll challenge for myself and just start shooting random oh, objects man. around my house just to keep the creative That could be so cool. Like, <laughs> so think about cool doing idea. like a Peter McKinnon style, like coffee uh, montage. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of when I thought of it. I was just like, you know what? I'm so bored and cooped up here in my place. Might as well just like take random objects and start shooting little b-roll sequences that i can just put on instagram stories or something you know you just to get do it out it. there um because you know, you don't want to into, yeah you don't want to get into this rut of just like um waking up in the morning oh what am i going to do today oh, it's just another day of being at home i'm so depro but like you know it's it's rather like getting in a different frame of mind and actually using this time to better and improve some of your current skills absolutely I guess. and i think also being cooped up at home you have limited resources and 
that's also just going to push your creativity so much further um, working with that. Yeah, I fully agree with that. It's, it's just, it's making use of what you have and, you know, you might not have the best tools at home, but, you know, just use what you have and make it work. I mean, <laughs> I'm filming little TikTok videos at the moment and I'm using random objects as like tripods and stuff because yeah, you know, that's how we do it. Um, now that you're talking about using random objects as tripods, um, have you ever seen the Instagram page Shitty Rigs? Uh, I haven't. Um, you should check should it out. Check it's, it out? It's basically just like all the really terrible ways <laughs> that videographers, uh, filmmakers have had to set up their rigs, whether it be like lighting rigs or microphone booms or just, I don't know, sliders. And it's just like the terrible but creative ways that they set it up to get the shot. I mean, it's all about getting the shot at the end of the day, isn't it? hundred percent bro you won't even you won't even believe if i told you some of the things that we've done we put tripods what? inside toilets before like little small little tripods bro just to get the <laughs> shot you know <laughs> it was for it was for a phone uh, a mobile phone repair company um it was like a commercial we were shooting for them and we had to get the camera inside the toilet so we can get a um a toilet up perspective uh-huh. so we ended up putting the camera a camera inside the toilet but it was a, like a working toilet so we couldn't empty out the water and literally laid the camera down there on this weird little tripod that we had made it was insane but the shot came out ridiculously cool in there how weird would it have to be to explain to your insurance if anything went wrong what <laughs> what you guys were doing Nils, can you hear me? Hello? Nils? Yo, bro. I can hear you. Yeah, I just want to check. Let me know when you hear this. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I I just lost you there for a few seconds. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, let's jump into this, man. I really just want to know more about your journey in photography and how you got here. And who is Niels? Who's the person behind the camera? So could you briefly introduce yourself to our audience? Um, Where are you from and what is it exactly that you do? Cool. So I'm Niels. Um, Well, full name is Neil and (laughs) Ranshard, but everyone calls me Niels. Um, So, yeah, I'm from Grahamstown, Eastern Cape, living in Cape Town, stayed here for the last uh, eight years, I think it is. Um, and yeah, I'm a predominantly a videographer, but I don't mind taking the odd snap now and That's again. That's awesome. And are you freelancing at the moment? Do you work for a company? So basically, I've got a business partner, Nate, Nate Butner, um, and we've got a business called We Are NAB. Um, we, as I said, we predominantly focus on videography and photography but we do anything digital. Okay, that's really cool. So when you say anything digital, is that to do with um, content management, um, SEO? Yeah, so let me give you a little bit of background quickly. Um, So when, okay, so I studied sports science studies, dropped on my final year, came to Cape Town, started studying at AAA Mm -hmm. School of Marketing. In my second year at AAA, um, I started a digital agency 
And when I finished AAA, I basically walked into my own digital agency, um, which was called Nano at the time. And from there, we um, we worked on a whole lot of massive brands. Um, and what we eventually discovered was that it's all it's all well and good doing um, con- uh, the how can I explain it? Um, like putting out the content for these brands and being on the on the forefront of social. But there's a bigger need for content creation. So what what we then decided was um, let's start a, a production company where we start creating the content at a, at a lower rate than what big um, production companies would charge. You know, so everybody can't afford two million rand TVC commercials just to put it put out on social media. So what we what we saw was let's 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 cover the gap in the market where we can actually. Um, charge less than what a TVC would be, but still put out quality work. And that's how mad that's came fantastic. About. Seeing a gap in the market and then uh, having the skills to actually fulfill that, that's incredible. Um, so how many years ago was this? So NAB was started at the end of 2016. Um, and it was so weird because... I'd never picked up a camera in my life neither at night and our first job was a New Year's Eve party and we picked up the cameras a week before that party filmed an after movie and since then we've been killing the after movie game I mean if you ask anybody in South Africa if they've seen any of the big festival after movies we've probably done it apart from Rocking the Daisies and Ultra um so yeah, we do most of the big festivals. We do H2O, we do Get Real, we do uh, Eden, you name a festival. We've, we've That's really it. cool. So you, you found your niche in the, the festival and the party scene, uh, which is a good scene to be in because, I mean, yes. there's so many collaborations that can come from that, from other brands. Um, and I, I saw you guys at uh, Bazik uh, doing a, a video for Bazik the other day. Have you looked at that footage yet? What does it look like? Yeah, yeah, we've it's actually done. already finished the video, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was done like the week the week um, of physique already. Um, but basically, the the organizer wants to take a different direction with it because obviously we put together a video and then we pitch it to them, and that's that's that. So um, the organizer wants to take a completely different um, route with it. So it's. As much as I want to say that video is done, uh, it's done to our level, but now we're actually changing the, the entire direction of the narrative, okay. so to speak. So uh, where are you guys currently based yeah. in, in Cape Town? So we're based in Woodstock, um, the thriving hub, actually. I mean, most creators are starting to move towards Woodstock now. Most of the agencies are here. It's, it's a it's a nice creative marketing hub at the moment that I think Woodstock. I've is heard becoming. that Woodstock is becoming a very uh, creative space and a lot of creatives are moving there um, to actually live there and, and to work there, uh, which is quite cool. I'm actually considering um, moving to Woodstock uh, once all of this is done. Yeah. I mean, I've been living in Woodstock for super long and I can't say a bad thing about it, you know, um, a lot of people just wouldn't stay in Woodstock because it's Woodstock and they, what they've heard of Woodstock in the past isn't the greatest, but, you know, um, 
I've been staying here for probably four or five years now. And I can't say a bad thing about it. No, that's fantastic. I think the gentrification of these areas is super important. And just like, you know, crossing that divide in South Africa, the, the, the rich versus the poor. And it's just like really nicely bringing that together again. Um, so I was actually at just... Yeah, exactly. I just don't think the locals are, are entirely happy about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's still pumping more money into their area. So um, I think they'll, they'll start understanding that, you know, they're not try, we're not, nobody's trying to push the locals out. We're actually trying to uplift the areas, you know. So I use this example so, so often where um, your neighbor's being offered like 2 million rand for his house. And that's 2 million rand he didn't have before. And you're going to start hating your neighbor for wanting to sell his house um, and then move to a better place. But at the end of the day, why hate on that person when all they're doing is being offered a certain amount for their property and it's, it's enhancing and bettering their lives. Absolutely. You know? so, I, I don't know where yeah. to draw the line with that. I was at your studio, uh, studio, uh, studio 99. Am I, am I butchering this? Uh, no, no, no. so studio, we are the studio, studio, studio. studio 99. Okay. Yeah. 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 Studio 99. Okay. Uh, okay. Space, yeah. So I was at the studio the other day in Woodstock. Uh, very nice space. Um, are you there every single day? Yeah. So the studio is basically um, the production area. And then you've also got our offices on the third floor. Um, and yeah, we base there every single day, except for now during the lockdown which is a little bit of a bummer because, you know, you, I enjoy just getting out of the apartment and to, to my desk because I feel like I can get a yeah, lot more Yeah, actually feeling there. like you're in work mode and not just that chilling in home mode, hey? Exactly. So uh, what does a typical workday look like for Niels at the studio? Gee, so... In the mornings, it's usually all about the admin. I mean, I'll spend probably about an hour, hour and a half on admin, get all of that out the way. And then by that time, Nate would have arrived at the studio. Then we check what projects are on the go, what needs to be done, what takes priority. Then we just start getting get cracking with a couple of projects. After that, an hour later, that's probably lunch. We usually have lunch at our desks, um, nothing nothing too extravagant and then yeah carry on with the rest of the day finish up about four or five depending on if we have a lot of work if we have more work then we'll work until eight nine at night and then yeah okay yeah creatives work doesn't really stop it's not your uh, your typical nine to five hustle here but i mean it does it feel more rewarding to you <laughs> would you know. rather be doing your creative work uh, then have that solid schedule. Are you someone who likes having a schedule or are you someone who likes having a bit of uh, different um, things throughout the day thrown into the mix? Uh, for me, it's, uh, yeah, I hate schedules. I just enjoy the freedom of, of being able to do what I want, how I want. Obviously, you need schedules for like shoots and stuff. I'm not saying don't, don't schedule your shoot days, but um you know, we, when we're in post, it, it just helps, you know, having that, that ability to hop between two or three projects on a day so that you don't get bored of one and you don't get into a rut that's just like 
geez, I don't know how, how I'm going to get out of this creative block with this project. But the nice thing is if you hop over to another project, get working on that and then come back to it, you know, you, you'll actually find that you more stimulated and more, um, what's the word, more creative. At okay, fantastic. So your journey with photography started in 2016. Up, in that, up until that point, you'd never picked up a camera before. Um, so after that, who you, you obviously had to draw some inspiration from somewhere. Um, who would you say has been in- incredibly inspiring and has had the greatest influence on you? Um, geez. So in terms of photography or videography? Um, you can, you can um, name examples of both. Okay. So photography, someone that I haven't followed in a long time, but, re- but his work I really admired in the beginning when I started was Jason Lanier. I'm not sure if you know him. I do not. Uh, what is his username on uh, Instagram? Uh, Jason Lanier. Um, he's a, he's a photographer based out of, I think it's Canada. Um, okay. he's a, he's a massive Sony, um, Sony fan or, and I think he's sponsored by Sony, Sony. Um, and yeah, like he was just such an inspiration in terms of, um, the work he, he does and how he uses, um, Sony to actually, um, to, to, to better, to better what he was doing. You know, I think he was, he used Canon at a stage and then he completely moved over to Sony. And just to see the work that he did was amazing. And more recently, obviously, Peter McKinnon, um, <clears throat> sorry, his work is absolutely ridiculous. So he, those are the, probably the two photographers that I really looked up to. Um, in terms of model work, um, I do like a lot of model work and everybody has their own style, you know. So it's, it's very difficult to, to say who I look up to, but I can give you a couple of examples of my favorite photographers. Um, and... Yeah, probably in South Africa, Luke does an amazing job. Gareth Barkley, um, and geez, who's the other other person? Just uh, can't get his name now. Um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, and then just in terms of videography, you know, um, videography is is obviously a bigger passion of photography and. Someone that's really stood out throughout is Andreas Hem. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of him, but he's a he's a guy based in um, the Norway, and dude, his work is next level. Him and uh, um, Final Kid, Final Kid creates um, the ultra after movies. Their work is absolutely incredible. That sounds insane. I'm going to go check out all of those artists um, <laughs> as soon as this is done. So for you, what makes a, a good video? Um, you've obviously have a lot of experience with shooting and editing of it. Um, do you um, have you seen in the progression of your career that you focus more on maybe storytelling or maybe more on the aesthetic aspects like the um, transitions or is it a combination uh, of the two? Um, what would you say makes an uh, inspiring and a compelling video? So look, like narrative is probably the most important part of the video. That, um, we've come to realize that <clears throat> quite, quite hectically, especially in the event space. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, so Nate does most of the editing. Um, 
because I think that's just the way our relationship has formed. You know, mm-hmm. um, we we used to we used to both do it together, and our mates taking more of a rein than that. So what will happen is we'll shoot something. The edit will come in. Nate will chop up all the footage. I'll look through the footage. Nate will look through the footage. He'll start putting the edit together, and then he'll he'll do an edit. And then after that, I'll direct the edit from there and say, "Cool, we need to change this. We need to change that." And then it's just a back and forth discussion of like how we can make it a little bit better. So yeah, back to your point. Sorry, I just got a bit diverted there. Storytelling is super important. You need to be able to make someone feel euphoric when they watched your video you know that you need to make them feel like geez i wish i was there i wish i was part of this and that at the end of the day is sells the product so much more than than any than any random video yeah so how do you find you guys shoot your niches obviously um festivals you guys go to a lot of festivals and shoot a lot of festivals um how do you spice things up uh, to try and make every video something unique and not just sequences of people ha- with their hands in the air in slow motion, you know? Yeah, so again, it's it's all part of that story and every festival is so very different. So, um, I mean, if we, if we look at, let's look at Bizique versus a Get Real, for example. Get Real is more electronic. Um, we've created this identity that it's... Um, that you're leaving your everyday norm and you're going to this alternate reality. Whereas Bazique, which is it's the first first year we filmed Bazique, is is more um, is, is also this getting is this breaking away from the norm and going to this utopia, so to speak, but in in a far more um, spiritual way rather than um, you know banging music and. Go- hot girls and this and that mm. uh Bezik is more about the art the culture the the experience you know so yeah it's it's, it's all about reading the audience and <laughs> thankfully you've got a background in marketing so i understand it a lot better um so yeah it's all about taking taking what you see in the audience and what you want someone in the audience to feel and and see and be like geez i didn't go to that party i need to go to it Okay, that's a really good way to approach it. Um, so when you were you were starting out um, as a photographer, um, you obviously have learned the past few years um, a lot of um, lessons in uh, the industry. Um, and I'd really appreciate if you could share some of the struggles and failures that you've encountered because most people, they just see the success stories. But to, to get to that point, it usually does involve a lot of struggle and failures. Um, could you share some of those with us and talk, walk us through how these failures and lessons changed your mindset about the industry and maybe even about yourself? Yeah, so probably the biggest, the biggest failure is just get everything in writing and like at the end of the day, you know, get deposits on time. It's, it, it's, it's, it's the biggest annoyance. Like, um, you'll be working for a client and they just don't pay. You know, they take forever to pay. Like that for me is probably the worst part about it because you've also got bills to pay. So, you know, a client delays on a payment, then all of a sudden you're late on a bill and it's just a vicious cycle. And mm. what we've learned to understand is we don't hand over any work un- until everything's paid up in full now because it's it's 
mind my language, but they literally just take the piss, you know, at the end of the day. You know, you can hand over the work and they, they, they'll literally just be like, okay, cool, the work's here and now I can just be lackadaisical and I don't need to, um, I don't need to prioritize your payment. Mm. I think that's something that a lot of uh, photographers starting out for the first time, they do make that mistake as well. I know I made that mistake, not having things in writing um yeah. is yeah it's a massive problem um i think it's better to put everything in writing have the client sign that off make sure that everyone's on the same page with the same expectations and at the end of the day that just makes it so much better if there is a, a hiccup along the line you can go back and you can say well look i mean this is what i pitched and this was the initial concept and we can't just add more scenes now we can't do uh yeah you know what i mean that's hundred percent correct. Yeah, well, I, it's a lesson that's uh, <laughs> it's a lesson I learned quickly, luckily, and uh, at least it wasn't an expensive lesson. Hopefully, anyone listening right now who wants to be a photographer or is at the beginning of their career can actually take that um, and uh, well, take this advice and not make that lesson in the first place. Yep, hundred percent. And I mean, you know, if you're getting into photography, getting into videography, you know, you got a lot, you got to do a lot of free work at the beginning, and like, don't let people take advantage of your free work. That's 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 the best advice I can give. You know, by all means, do a couple of jobs free, but don't don't be taken advantage of. Hundred percent. That actually leads me into my next question. Um, what is the best advice that you could give aspiring photographers when they are starting out? literally watch as many youtube videos as possible and immerse yourself in your career if you if you're not passionate about it you're never going to be a great photographer you're never going to be a great videographer and that goes for any job really you know you need to you need to immerse yourself in whatever you're doing like wholeheartedly otherwise you will never be great at what you do you'll always be mediocre 100 percent. i was just chatting to alex shapiro and um at some shop on instagram and he said exactly the same thing um he said if um if you want to make a career in photography and videography you have to be so passionate about it It has to be like a burning passion inside of you to want to wake up and do it every morning because it is going to get tough at some point um and you it's not going to be smooth sailing all the way so you better make sure that it is something that you are just absolutely super stoked to do every day yeah exactly i mean it's there's so many people doing videography and photography that it's so it's so difficult for you to break through the clutter you know mm. and if you aren't good at what you do you're never going to be you're never going to be great mm. so nils what yeah. do you think is the best way to break through the clutter be unique um like by all means take inspiration from other people but don't ever copy them mm. um you know you, you always need to find your own way so if someone's taking photos of let's use pineapples for example you need to think about cool i'll take a photo of a pineapple but how am i going to make my photo of a pineapple different and look a bit better and you know take take that inspiration and then figure out your way of doing it mm. um it's probably the best the best way to go about that mm. i've realized with uh, just my own work that um I don't know, you sometimes sit back and you try and think like, what will my unique style be and what's going to separate me from the rest of the pack? And 
what I've realized is that the only way to figure that out is to just keep producing work. There's no, you can't just actually sit and think, oh, maybe this filter with this kind of angle. It's, you have to actually just play with it. And like through, through playing with your work, it develops into your own unique style. Yeah, I fully agree with that. You know, it's, you, you, you've got to, as I said, immerse yourself. If you're immersing yourself continuously, you're figuring out how to do new things. You, you're looking at different ways of doing it and you're seeing diff- other people's work as well. So that's definitely the best way of going about it. Fantastic, yeah. So, um, yeah, for, for all the camera nerds like me out there, what camera do you shoot with? <laughs> so Sony, I'm a massive Sony fan. We're shooting primarily with the Sony A6500, but literally been waiting for the last year, year and a half for Sony to release the A7S3 or A7S4, whatever it's going to be, mm-hmm. um, because that is obviously the next uh, the next step. But yeah, if I, if, it, if I lived in an ideal world, I would be shooting on Reds. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> I had the privilege of being on set the other day um, with a gentleman shooting on a Red. And yeah, it just is such an incredible camera from what I've seen on YouTube yeah. and the, the footage and the colors that come out of that thing. It's just insane. It's, it's amazing, yeah. But it, it's an expensive system. <laughs> yeah you're gonna st- starting is around 250k just for the the body and then you've got to work your way up from there with all the other attachments that you need oh it's crazy, Lenses, it's crazy. <laughs> handles screen, like yeah it's mad <laughs> but it's also one of those things um when st- when you're starting out with photography you feel like you need better gear to be a better uh, photographer or a videographer and that's not always the case um i remember having very self-limiting beliefs about my work not being good enough and blaming it on the fact that i didn't have good enough camera gear and then actually just just shooting and then upping my editing game and looking at the results and actually being really proud of that work um when i never thought i could actually achieve it with what i had um so, uh, yeah, you're, the point I'm trying to make is your gear doesn't always necessarily equal better photos. I think there's a lot to do in terms of upskilling yourself and just working at the craft until you get to a point where you're really good, right? Yep. I mean, I've taken better photos on my BlackBerry than I have with my Note 10, you know, just to, just to give you an example, or what, even with my Sony, to give you an idea. Um, Are I mean, you talking about a BlackBerry, like one of those BlackBerry phones? Yeah, like a BlackBerry phone. I had a BlackBerry Key One, which was, or, yeah, which was one of the last Blackberries they released. And I took a better, uh, I've took, taken several better photos with the BlackBerry compared to the Sony. And it just shows you, you know, it's all about composition and knowing your tools. Mm. Last night I was actually having a conversation with one of the guys from Final Kid. He just, um, he just shot an, an event after movie using mobile phones. So, and it looks incredible. So again, you know, if you know how to use your tools, you can create magic. 100%. I did a lot of searches on YouTube for iPhone 11 before I got the iPhone for iPhone 11 cinematic videos. Um, Because the wide angle was something that I was really interested in. It just, I just think it added such a nice new perspective to 
the world of um, ca uh, phone camera photography. And uh, yeah, some of those videos that I saw were just insane. I mean, phones can do amazing things right now, hey? You can record 4K up to, I think it's 60 frames per second or 120 frames per second even now on the new iPhones. I mean, that's insane. Like some, yeah. some decent, uh, the, the, the Canon R can't even shoot 4K 120 frames per second. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't think it can shoot it's... 120 frames per second at all. Nope, and that, that, that's one of the reasons why we actually chose the Sony S6500 because we can shoot um, 120 at 1080, you know, and mm. 4K at at 30. So it's it's a very good um, camera and priced extremely well. Yeah, the, what is the A6500 pricing at right now? Do you know? Um, depending on where you buy it in the world, anywhere from 12 to 20,000. Okay. That is actually, as a beginner, um, that's actually not bad. I mean, if you are serious about doing cinematography and filmmaking and, and just photography in general, an investment like that is a, a lot more, um, I guess it makes a lot more sense than going straight on like buying 5Ds or 1Ds. Yes, no, no, for sure. I mean, again, like if you know your tools, you can make magic. I've taken better photos with the A6500 than several people I know with the 1D, 1DX, you know, so, mm. and again, like, I don't compare the A7 range with the 1DX. I have to compare the 6500 with the 1DX, mainly because of, um, well, I'm just talking videography now, mainly because of what, what, what Canon's range has. And the 1DX doesn't come close to what I can do with the A6500. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, Again, for the price and what it can do, the Sony kills anything Canon at the moment. Yeah, you guys are are, are quite fans of the Sony, I've heard. Um, yeah. I'm really <laughs> excited for that Canon R5. Uh, R5, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm nerding out on the, all these camera, um, talking about cameras right now, but I'm just super excited for that. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask, what lenses do you guys use on your A6500s? So we switch between Sigmas and the bat the Zeiss Batters. Are they made for Sony? Are they um what mounts yeah, on Sony? They, they, Is it EF mount? Uh, no. e, e mount, yeah. E well, mount, it's e uh, EF is full frame and E mount is crop sensor. Okay. Okay, great. So those are kind of the lenses that you guys shoot with. What is your favorite lens to actually shoot with? Do you have a go-to lens? Okay, for portrait photography, the Zeiss 85mm mm. is stunning. Like, <laughs> I, have, I don't think I can shoot with a better lens than that. Um, it's, it's so weird because I really enjoy shooting portrait photography on, a, on 60 or 85. I don't enjoy shooting it on, like, oh, lenses that are too wide. Um, uh -huh. And the compression is just very, very nice with it as well. So mm -hmm. that's those are kind of my go-tos um, for videography. Um, currently, I usually shoot wide, so I'll shoot on the sixty. Nate will shoot on the thirty or fifty. But it seems like we're going to be we're going to start changing that up a bit. So I'm probably going to move to about a twenty-five um, slash thirty. We're still deciding, and then Nate is going to go in with a fifty. Okay, why are you getting rid of the more wide-angle shots? Is there a reason for that? Um, 
we, we find that we aren't using as many in our edits anymore. So okay. it's, it's pointless. It's pointless just shooting a whole lot and then not using the footage, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, we found in, in our last event, because I was shooting on the 30 predominantly, that um, it was so much better and there was so much more usable footage out of the 30 than there would have been um, if I was running around with the 16. But that's not to say I wasn't, I didn't get a couple of shots with the 16 as well. I did get a few of those. Um, and again, you know, they'll be used where they need to be. Yeah. Is that a 16 Prime? Uh, yeah, 16 Prime. It's the okay, 16 nice. mil. 1.4. Nice, nice. Do you shoot predominantly with prime lenses? Yeah. Um, so when we're starting off, we just use the kit lenses because the kit lenses are amazing and autofocus is ridiculously good. Uh, we're shooting oh, on the so? 16 to, I think it was 16 to 50. Um, it, it's only an F uh, 3.5 though, which isn't that great. Mm. But again, that, that kit lens is probably one of the best Sony kit lenses there is. Um, it's you know, incredible lens. Um, and then also on the Sony 55 to 210. Uh, funny enough, we, we actually started to use the 55 to 210 again um, because, again, you know, just getting those, those long shots with good compression on it looks really, really nice. Mm. Have you ever tried shooting portraits with a telephoto lens? Yes, and it isn't bad, <laughs> but <laughs> not, 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 not the biggest fan, let's say that. Okay. Yeah. So um, for anyone listening to this right now, uh, Niels and I are completely nerding out on uh, lenses and specs, but uh, the, the difference between uh, what well, you would call a normal lens, uh, well, a zoom lens and a prime lens is a zoom lens, 18, something like an 18 to 55, you can basically stand still and you can change what you see on the screen by zooming in and zooming out where a prime lens is it's a fixed lens um the only way that you can reframe a subject is by actually moving your body and nils i don't know about you but i found prime lenses to be amazing in teaching you how to be a better photographer because um it just makes you less of a lazy photographer you actually move your body <laughs> you're moving your body around and you're finding those interesting angles um shooting with a prime lens uh i've got a 50 mil um i love using that lens it's probably my favorite lens it lives on my camera basically and it's just made me a better photographer all around exactly no prime lenses for sure um you know you 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 forced to to get different angles you forced to move around and yeah you know you you don't make a subject do all the work because you need to do the work as well you know for sure yeah so, Nils, um, you guys are doing a lot of this festival of photography and you're doing a lot of portraits at the studio. Is there anything else that you really enjoy shooting, um, something that's maybe unrelated to the party scene or unrelated to shooting people? Is there any other subjects that you enjoy snapping photos of? Travel content. Absolutely travel content. love travel content. Yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah, we could... we're fortunate enough to travel at least two or three times a year. Um, overseas because we've got a couple of international clients and dude like whenever we go overseas we always snap in travel content and nice. love it. I mean, if, you, if you look at my Instagram it's basically all travel content okay what is your Instagram handle what is your Instagram handle Nils 
it's Bynels, B-Y-N-E-E-L-Z. Okay, awesome. So everyone listening, go follow Niels. Um, who, so who, is it uh, you and Nate that travel together and then are you guys snapping photos of each other yeah. while you're in these amazing yeah, locations? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's how it works, yeah. Nate and I travel <laughs> together all the time and yeah, we just snap pics of each other and that's how we do it. Oh man, isn't that the dream? The bro's dream. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, the clients that we have internationally are very, very nice as well you know they'll fly us up they'll ask us what dates we want to travel and you know they'll they'll give us some leeway so if we want to stay a couple of extra days um we can stay a couple of extra days explore the places that we at and yeah really dope that's insane i'm actually uh, looking at your profile picture that you have on the app here um is that nusa panita is that bali yeah yeah that is in bali <laughs> Oh, that was actually fantastic. last year january bali is like the one place that we always enjoy going to but uh, we haven't had a chance to go this year um well this year jan because we were actually in switzerland and yeah it just didn't work out too well with with what we were doing so we actually did turkey this year um but oh, awesome. you know the, the the relaxing time in bali is dearly missed so maybe mm. after world sorts itself out we can plan a trip there again absolutely what are your favorite places that you've traveled to i know you've gone to bali and you just said you've gone to switzerland do you have any other ones that you really enjoy going to so i was in Cannes last year um Cannes was epic we were supposed to go in june again but now that's been pushed until october because the can lines have been also pushed um uk was great uh jeez Southeast Asia, anywhere Southeast Asia is like really, really cool. Um, so that includes Bali, Kuala Lumpur, Vietnam, anywhere around there is really, really dope. Awesome. Okay, so um, I want to do a few quick fire questions. You good with that? Cool. Good. Yeah, I'm good for it. Okay. Are you a big reader? No. Well, <laughs> I mean, I read a lot, just not books. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, okay. Can you recommend a must read book or maybe even a podcast um, that you really enjoy listening to? Again, uh, I don't really listen to podcasts that much, um, but I've heard this podcast series coming up, coming up with you is quite good. So <laughs> maybe I'll, <laughs> well, I, well, only time will tell. Hey, I have, I don't even have a name <laughs> for this podcast yet. Jeez. Maybe it's time it's it's time to sit down and let this creative juices flow a bit, eh? I know. I'm you know what? I'm actually just like you know they say trust the journey. Um, yeah. So I'm just trusting the journey, and I'm uh, recording this, and I think the name will reveal itself to me quite soon, and the direction I want to <laughs> take the podcast in. So. Hundred percent. It, yeah. it always comes in time. It really does. Everything always falls into place. Now, so you're a big coffee drinker. Uh, tea. Are you tea? Okay. Yeah. How many How many cups of tea do you murder a day? Probably like four or five a week. Four or five a <laughs> so week. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not a massive coffee and tea drinker. Like you know, okay. if, if I was I was offered to choose one, I'd genuine generally have tea. But something weird about me, I'll drink coffee at night, not in the morning. That is very unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Coffee, coffee doesn't keep me awake, so it will put me to sleep. 
that's a very interesting uh, mechanism you have in your brain there. Yeah. Okay, mind, cool. Mind over matter, really. Sorry, say that again. It's mind over matter, you know. I mean, if you think coffee's going to keep you awake, you're going to stay awake. So it's the placebo effect. I don't know about that, hey. Coffee, um, I stopped drinking coffee like two years ago and I've only recently, maybe like three months ago, started drinking it again. And yeah. uh, it winds me up, hey. It really gets me going. Well, <laughs> at least it works for you, you know. Do what works for you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so uh, leave us with some words of wisdom or something to inspire anyone who's listening right now that is thinking whether they should pursue a career in photography or videography. Is there anything you can say to that person out there um, to inspire them or motivate them to get into this career? Be passionate, be unique and go kill it. Just send it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Just basically send it, right? It's 100%. It's best of us, you know, like I, I, I can't be and just harp on about like how you need to do but if you're passionate you're going to know what to do so that's the best of us can give fantastic awesome um Niels, is there anything any exciting projects you're working on right now that uh, you want to tell us about there is actually one super exciting project i can't details about it but it's going to be a first for South Africa, I think, um, for this company. Uh, it's a really exciting project. Um, yeah, it just involves the web and videography and bringing the two together. So really cool experience. Yo, you're not giving a lot away. Eh? You're leaving us here in <laughs> I, I really absolute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. Not even, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. NDAs. <laughs> okay. So we get that. And uh, definitely look forward to seeing that whenever that is launched. Yeah. Uh, where can people follow you on social media? Social media, by Niels on Instagram. That's B-Y-N-W-E-L-Z. Um, Facebook, add me if I like you. I'll respond to the friend request. But no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, TikTok is by Niels as well. And then we are NAB on Instagram. We are NAB on Facebook. And yeah, that's about it. Fantastic. Niels, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Uh, yeah, I've learned a lot. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. I really want to do another interview in a few months' time and uh, see where you're at and talk about that uh, project that you were just teasing us about. <laughs> Sounds good. I think uh, Nate can hop on the next one as well and we can have a good um, discussion about more of what he does in, in NAB as well. Oh, that sounds incredible. Let's do that. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome, Niels. Thank you so much. I'll chat to you soon. Cool, man. Keep well. Cheers. Cheers.